0: Hey everyone! Thank you for tuning in. This is Adesoji speaks knowledge, a show for seekers of authentic information on Africa, past and present. I am your host Adesoji, a an African history scholar with years of study in the bag. For more information on Africa's history and geopolitics, subscribe to Adesoji speaks knowledge on YouTube. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Being a two-week fest of football bonanza, both on the field and off the field. But more importantly, um, this episode is about a very sensitive topic, which is remembering the Afghan ancestors. Why this episode? Well, I hope this episode of Adesaji Speaks Knowledge will help spark a conversation Around the welfare and the remembrance of those who previously gave us such wonderful memories on the field of play. And it's not far fetched to think that this competition that started on February 10, 1957, following the actions of four countries. Namely, Egypt, Ethiopia, Sudan, and South Africa would lay the foundation for a competition that is now celebrated the world over, more importantly, in the continent of Africa. A brief history, therefore, is necessary. AFCON is a biennial competition which brings together the talents and um, shall we say, the exuberance of fans on the stands, or in the stands, shall I say, again, started the 10th of February 1957 in Sudan. Of the four pioneering members, only three took part in the inaugural competition, the three being Egypt, Ethiopia and Sudan, for South Africa will be barred from joining the first because they refuse, in line with the apartheid policy of sending a multiracial team to the competition. Fast forward, we're now from three teams in 1957. The competition has grown steadily to a situation where now we have 24 teams competing in the competition 24 teams 24 different styles 24 different fans and every time these players take the field of play we're not but enamored about what they bring to the to the to the football pitch because not only do they bring an exuberance. They also bring, um, how shall I put it? <laughs> they also bring something uniquely, that something unique to their area of exp- area, that is the region within the continent. If a friend, if a team in uh, West Africa turns up. You know, the flair is there. They, they, uh, when a team from North Africa turns up, they bring in all the streetcraft and what have you. And it is just a joy to watch. It is a joy to watch. So this episode particularly is about highlighting some of those players who have given us those memories. Because I feel For some reason, we seem to have forgotten. And I can't possibly put it down to the reason why we will do so. I know it's not a lack of pride in African football in history. I am, however, thinking along the lines of our lack of record keeping. Because in reception for this particular program, I struggle to find tapes of what has gone before in order to record the antics of these players. But again, you know, we're talking memories now. So it's probably important that I share what my first memory of the competition was the 1984 tournament, coincidentally hosted in Cote d'Ivoire. Highlights of which was the first game involving Nigeria and its perennial arch-rival Ghana the game would you know end at that time we still had a decent team ah being Nigeria the game will end two goals to one with goals from Henry Wosu and Chibuzo Ghana World get one back through some poker I mean the, su- the next match, again, I remember, was all sweat. Because we played against the Malawi national team. <laughs> it ended 2-2 draw. And um, with goals again by Clement Temile. Those who are probably watching now probably like, who is that? But again, this is all what we're talking about. Nigeria will end up in the final, but would lose again to another one of its arch nemesis in the body of Cameroon by one goal to three. Again, you know, yes, we lost, but you still remember. Speaking of memories, you know, my best tournament, in my opinion, that is, remained Maroc ATAs. Why Morocco eight? Wow. Every game there was a football bonanza. Being a 1-1 draw between Cote d'Ivoire and Zaire, with goals from Abdullah Traore and uh, the bullet shot from Kabungo Ngoye, Or the first group game between Nigeria and Cameroon, which ended in a 1-1 draw. Especially with the bullet from the bullet goal from Sam O'Kwaraji, one of the ancestors we shall highlight in the course of this program. And then, how can I possibly forget? How can I possibly forget that crazy semi final between Nigeria and Algeria? Oh, that professional foul which will ultimately level up the teams and ended up in 22 penalty kicks. Yes, 22 penalty kicks. That game was, you know. Ultimately, Nigeria gets to the final again. There I say yes. Uh, We fit Nemesis again, Cameroon. Lost 1-0 this time. Suppose we're getting better. But I need to mention the fact that Nigeria also had a disallowed goal in that final. Goal from, which I consider was a goal, from Henry Wosu's header. But, um, I mean, some of the conspiracy theories was the fact that Issa Hayatu, himself a Cameroonian, was watching the game. But, you know, shenanigans aside, The competition has given us the likes of Austin J.J. Okocha. As some people will say, he was so good he had to be named twice. Abedi Pelé, the Ghanaian Maestro, Yusuf Fofana from Côte d'Ivoire, Rabah Maja from Algeria, Mustafa Haji from Morocco, Lagdao Beloumi from Algeria. Roger Miller from Cameroon. Titi Kamara of Guinea. Oh my God. The names. The names. These are these are legends. Lucas Radebe of South Africa. I could keep on going. You know. Cyril Makanaki of Cameroon. Thomas Nkono of Cameroon. Kabongo Ngoe from Zaire now renamed Democratic Republic of Congo, Kalusha Bluaya of Zambia, the Hosam Hassan brothers of Egypt, Antoine Bell, yeah, Cameroon's Antoine Bell. Cameroon was so good. They had two good <laughs> brilliant goalkeepers Anthony Yeboah. Well, Leeds fans fans in England would remember him. George Weir. Yes. Former Liberian president George Weir. Yes, did play football. Was one of the world's best. In fact, at some time, he was considered the best player in the world. Ibrahim Ba of Syria alone. Emmanuel Amuneke, who would go on to coach the under 17 and under under 20 team, and also the Tanzania national team, to name a few. To name a few. These players gave us memories. They gave the African football game a whole different flavor. And yes, some people will hear the passion in my voice. That's because. Watching these guys, they, <laughs> they did what um, experts, football experts will say, African football experts will say, any time the tournament comes around, the tactical element of the game goes on holiday. Because it was tricks, flares, movements. Oh my God. I mean, if you watch any of the games at the moment, you will see a semblance of that. But what was also very important was that AFCON afforded the continent the chance to constantly renew the friendship, friendship, unity, and solidarity amongst the people. And we should not forget that. So it is important that we remember our football ancestors I repeat it is important that we remember our football ancestors for they gave us cherished football memories on the African stage and it's important that we remember though that they now work with our under ancestors, other African ancestors, they are never forgotten. for they left behind a legacy of joy and inspiration. So today I want to celebrate some of these fallen heroes who gave their all, not just for their country, but for the beautiful game in Africa. I wish to honor their memories and celebrate their achievements, but also to reflect on their contribution to African football. Well, football is often considered a team sport. Nowhere was this element of the game more embodied. The unfortunate tragedy that happened, heartbreaking tragedy, that is, in the history of african football with the 1993 airplane crash of the entire zambian national team even the recapping is painful to bear because when the news broke everybody was in shock because i remember that day on the evening of april 27 1993 when it was reported that a Zambian Air Force plane carrying the Zambian National Football Team known as the Polo or the Copper Bullets had crashed into the Atlantic Ocean shortly after taking off from Libreville, Gabon on its way for a World Cup qualifier in Senegal. When the news broke, people were people hoped that there will be survivors. Or that it was a it was a minor mishap. But later it will be confirmed that all twenty five passengers and five crew members were killed. The Chipolopolo were a very promising team who had impressed the African continent at the 1990 African African Cup of Nations, that is, where they had finished third. The team at the time was led by their star player, Kalusha also who also happened to have been voted 1998 African Footballer of the Year Kalusha Buaya was not on the plane as he was still playing for his club PSV Eindhoven in Netherlands at the time and had promised to join his team in Senegal once once his game with PSV was over The plane crash was a jolt and a terrible loss, not just for Zambia, but for the whole African continent. Because following the announcements, the entire African continent mourned these footballing heroes with Zambia. The African football community also came together, you know, to express their solidarity and condolences. They also offered their support materially, financially to the Zambian Football Association. However, what was beautiful about the Zambian football spirit was that it did not die with a crash. The country quickly rebuilt a team with Kalusha Buaya as leader. And also, with the volunteered help of Ronald Paulson, who volunteered to help take charge of the team's training and what have you. Like the rising sun, the new Chipol Polo defied all odds and expectations and not only qualified for the 1994 AFCON held in Tunisia but would reach the final narrowly losing 1-2 to Nigeria. That resilient display and determination in the 1994 AFCON tournaments stirred the hearts and gained them the admiration of many observers and fans across the world, they in turn dedicated their campaign to their fallen heroes, citing the fact that their performance was inspired by those who have sacrificed everything. Again, football in Africa would show itself not to be just about what was happening on the beach, but more importantly, of it. However, 19 years later, that is 2012, Zambia will finally achieve their dream of winning the African Cup of Nations in a remarkable and symbolic way. One, they will defeat Côte d'Ivoire in the final. Held in Libreville, Gabon. The same city, yes, the same city where the plane crash had occurred 19 years prior. It gets even better. The trophy was won on the 12th of February, 2012. 12th of February being the birthday of their late coach, Guffrey Chitalu, who was amongst the victims of the crash. One wonders why a movie has not been made of this Probably you could probably be out there. The Zambian players and fans dedicated their victory to the 1993 team, celebrated with tears of joy. He will also visit the crash sites to lay reefs and pray for the souls of their departed comrades. Again, as we say, As the day rises, the sun also sets. The victory in Gabon represents the sun sets. A moment of closure and redemption for Zambian football and a fitting tribute to the legacy of the 1993 team. And so, in line with this program, The story of the 1993 Zambian national team, although tragic, is one of true inspiration in the history of African football. It teaches us to cherish our loved ones and to always honor the memories of those who have gone before. May their soul rest in perfect peace. It is in this spirit of remembrance that I also wish to say to speak out the names of the following footballing giants and to say Adukwe thank you Yoruba. The names should echo in history. Let's begin. Mark Vivian Foy, Alberti e. Boyce, Chick Teato, Stephen Keshi, Samuel Okwaraji, Mudashiru Lawa, Lauren Poku, Jaswa Nsofa, Uchi Okafo, Papa Buba Diop, Salif Keita, Thomas Oliha, Nabilaye Kamara, George Weir, Thompson Oliha, Tilofio Abega, Jules Bokande, Ben Idrissa Derme, Raphael Demwe Doamena, and last but not the least, Rashid Yekini. What I would ask everyone to do is also to add more names to the list, so that we keep growing this list, again, may their souls rest in perfect peace. And may their legacy continue to live on. Hopefully, this conversation of celebrating, commemorating, remembering. That's the key word here. Remembering. And celebrating the lives and achievements of not just these fallen African football giants, but those that are still here, let us pause to reflect on the welfare of those still around. Let us give them their flowers while they can still smell it. So we don't just celebrate them when they die but celebrate them. Well, these are just some of the footballers that have lost their lives in relation to AFCON. I am sure There are many more who have died due to accidents, illness, in worst case, violence, I say. They are all remembered and honored by the African football family and their contribution to the beautiful game in Africa are never forgotten. Finally, I would say thank you for listening. This is Adesoji. And this has been Adesoji Speaks Knowledge. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time. Stay safe. Stay blessed. hope you found this week's episode informative. Join us next week on Adesoji Speaks Knowledge as we continue to help you reframe the narrative about the African continent, past and present, by providing you with accurate information to give you a true and clearer picture of events as it pertains to Africa. Please remember to subscribe, like, and share. Thank you.